Cheerscast is part of the Fire and Water Network. Given our past relationship, I just don't think I'd feel comfortable borrowing from him. On the other hand, I don't know where else to turn. Well, Miss Chambers, I'm going to give you every bit of money I have. Oh, no, Woody. No, no, I insist. Oh, wow, that's wonderful. I must have got my pockets picked again. Well, welcome to the big city. Thank you, Mr. Clavin. and welcome to another episode of Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly, and joining me to talk about the Season 4 episode, I'll Gladly Pay You Tuesday, returning guest from the Front Row Network on NPR Illinois, Brandon Davis. Hello, Brandon. Hi, Ryan. How are you? I am doing very, very well. Very good. Good to, good to have you back on the show again. Um, as we were talking about before we really got started, things are kind of starting to feel normal. <laughs> that's, that's always nice. Yeah. It's not, uh, I think the last time you and I talked, we were still kind of in the, um, you know, what's going to happen phase. And now we can mm-hmm. at least see some little bit of light at the end of the tunnel now. A little bit, a little bit. Feels better. Feels better. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's obvious that you've been on the show last season, so people have heard your Cheers origin story. So let's just get into this one. Talking about the sixth episode of the season, I'll Gladly Pay You Tuesday, written by Sherry Eichen and Bill Steinkellner. Uh, remember those names. They will come back in, in Cheers quite a bit uh, later yes. on down the road. Uh, directed by Jim Burroughs, the original air date was Thursday, November 7th, 1985. When Diane finds an autographed copy of Ernest Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises for $500, she reluctantly asks Sam for a loan. Sam, generally conservative with his money, gives her the $500 as an act of friendship and trust, saying he doesn't care what it's for and doesn't expect her to pay him back, which she promises to do. Sam's charity is put to the test, however, as weeks pass with no return on the loan. Moreover, Sam can't help but notice when she buys luxury items for herself. And when he doesn't notice, Carla is quick to point it out. When Carla tells him Diane used the money for a book, Sam vents his feeling of being taken advantage of on some innocent Girl Scout cookies. When Diane realizes Sam doesn't trust her as much as he claimed, she puts her trust in him by giving him the Hemingway book as collateral. The next day, Sam tells the others that he started reading the book at home and accidentally dropped it in the bathtub. The water warped the book, expanding the pages, completely ruining it. Just then, a patron book collector hears of Diane's acquisition and offers to buy the book from her for $1,000. Sam, in order to hide the truth, enters into a bidding war for the book. Diane is so taken with Sam's appreciation for the book that she refuses to sell it to the collector. As her affection for Sam grows in light of his new love of literature, she throws herself at him, while telling him she fully expects him to pay the $1,200 that he bid. 
All right, Brandon, you asked for this one. Why did you want to talk about I'll gladly pay you Tuesday? I think this is a really underrated episode. I think, just to begin with, I think season four is underrated overall. Um, but I I really, really like this episode. I think it takes a really sort of simple, everyday issue that we all, I mean, we've all lent money to friends and kept mm-hmm. keep wondering when they're going to pay it back. But to do it with Sam and Diane, whose relationship is already screwed up at best <laughs> is is a really really fun um is a really fun sort of take on you know that that relationship and it's a lot of fun and until you mentioned it i didn't realize that this is the first episode that uh sherry Eichen and bill steinkellner had uh, had written and of course they become really important voices in cheers later years yeah yeah uh, and they they're for everybody anybody who doesn't know they're a writing couple at some point they did get married because i i according to imdb her name currently is sherry steinkellner mm-hmm. but yeah they they wrote a couple of episodes and then they become co-executive producers and the showrunners for i think seasons seven eight nine and ten um so they definitely yeah they they're going to be a big influence on the show going forward and you you said something that I really agree with, which was that this season is underrated. And I myself am guilty of that because when I, you know, looking at this, the whole series from a distance, I remember season four as the start of Woody's time on the bar as mm-hmm. his, his introduction. And my memory was that while Woody is solid right off the bat it takes him a little bit of time you know there not every woody centric episode is great in the beginning and we kind of it, it takes a little bit of time to get into like really loving woody and, right. and the woody that will will really kind of understand and know so my memory was it kind of it so that that sort of colored my my read of the whole season mm-hmm. but as i've been you know rewatching this like for the for the podcast and everything i was like these episodes are all great and as i mentioned several episodes back i really like this what i call the detente between sam and diane during this season yeah i th- i think it's because in you know season 1 we you know we we watch the development of the relationship season 2 they're together season 3 they've had the ugly breakup and frazier enters the picture and then season 5 of course jump and you know it's them planning the wedding all the way up to the end of the finale but there's nothing right. really central about their relationship to this season they're just kind of playful exes and so it adds kind of a nice dynamic to this season yeah they have this shared history this intimacy still sexual tension as we see in mm-hmm. this episode and, and still this chemistry in this attraction but they are working exes who know how to mock each other and play with each other and, and push each other's buttons right and it's just great and we see that on full display in this episode really um, the title of the episode, I will gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today is an expression that originated with from Popeye the Sailor Man. And I've heard it quoted uh, often on other things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That came from Wimpy. I believe he said something yeah, like yeah. that and, 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 and Popeye. I had to kind of, I had to look that up because I knew I'd heard it before, but I wasn't sure where. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, so the teaser is <laughs> it's an interesting visual teaser. Everyone at the bar is stuffing. Well, they have already stuffed themselves into the men's room, uh, and and now it's Norm's turn to be like the final one. And at, at first, I was thinking, I was like, okay, did they do this just to give the rest of the cast like some time off? Like, is Norm the only one that we see? And it's just him forcing him way in the bathroom where we just get like the the voiceover from like Woody and Cliff and like other people. But I was like, no, when the door opens. 
you see people back there. Like they certainly had people you do. In, in that part of the set. <laughs> but yeah, he crams himself in there. And the whole thing is they're cramming themselves into the bathroom for a world record. And then once they're all in there, they've crammed themselves so far that they can't get the door back open until a couple walks in and the guy says he's going to use the men's room and he you know, tries to get the door, but it's jammed. And he hears the, uh, the shout of like 20 voices saying occupied and he like runs out terrified. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I've, I had forgotten when I watched this, what the actual teaser was and it's not, you know, it's not the, it's not in the top 10 teasers of all time, but it's memorable. Cause I don't think as you get toward the end of the series, they start repeating scenarios of different teasers, but this mm-hmm. one is its own individual. I don't think they ever repeated this one. So it's a nice right. original <laughs> teaser. And in as much as it's, it does sort of continue through the episode as the sort of distant subplot that they're going for these world records and that we find out that they missed the world record for this one because Woody counted himself twice as Woody and me when he was making the list. (laughs) Yeah, Woody Woody Harrelson doesn't have a lot to do in this episode, but he does get a couple of really solid mm, mm one-liners. Yeah. And then Cliff tries to get the world record for walking backwards. (laughs) Um, which he comes down the stairs backwards, walks in and, and says, everybody day good. It's it's like, you know, like trying, it's like, that was, you know, good day, everybody backwards. And Carla just jumps back at him. She's like, you're an ass Jack. (laughs) And then like that culminates towards the end of the episode when Cliff is just despondent and he's given up walking backwards. He's like, you know, he's like, I almost got two records. If there had been one more witness, I would have gotten the Guinness record for the loudest scream when I backed into mom's curling iron. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> and then Norm has that great line, um, uh, you know, for, for what it's worth, he'll probably never reproduce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he has to sort of apologize to the rest of the crew. So, yeah, as the, the main episode proper kind of picks up, Diane is serving them Sam's in the office, and Diane is, like, picking up the drinks from some of the tertiary bar guys, and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa we're not done. And she says, sorry, I'm a bit distracted. I love it. Norm is like, you got problems or just the usual? And she picks up on that, and she gets a little defensive. She's like, what do you mean the usual? <laughs> Norm has to just kind of casually... You know, just how you usually are. And, and she doesn't let him off the hook. She's like, how am I usually? And he goes, so you're distracted, huh? <laughs> that's what I, that, that's another thing I love about this season is the relationships have all evolved to the point where there's no pretense between them anymore. You know, season mm-hmm. one, season one, uh, Diane and Norm would not have had this conversation. But right. when, when you get to this point, though, it's it's great the dynamics that have all built up between all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you're right and then like even some of the like the the other relationships and everything and how how kind of like familiar they are because you know you know carla makes a joke about diane's appearance uh whatever right. it is and and diane like throws it right back at you she's like i love what you're doing with your hair these days you, you should, should continue, continue to walk <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this and, and and this season too. It, Rhea Perlman is rocking that mullet, and it's the only mm-hmm. season where she really. It's the only season I think she has that hairdo. It's not her usual, you know. I think uh, Diane referred to her regular hairdo as like a Brillo pad one time, <laughs> yeah. but but this is but this is the only season where she has more of that slick back mullet type thing, and it's an interesting look on Rhea. <laughs> Yeah, and I love that when Diane throws it back at her, Cliff starts laughing until Carla stares him down and he just shuts up and he's like, Diane, that was uncalled for. (laughs) (laughs) Diane tells them all that she saw this rare Hemingway volume and she, of course, has to be pretentious and say, now I know what you're all thinking. Diane Chambers' sensibilities attuned to Hemingway and Woody just goes, wow, that's really close. (laughs) That's what he was thinking. 
So it's great. Yeah. And she's talking about, you know, being able to get the money from the bar and we see the guys slowly start to creep up, creep away from her. And then she's like, no, I'll, I'll ask, uh, I'll ask, you know, Sam. And they're like, oh yeah, foo, good, good thinking. Good thinking. They, <laughs> and, they, you know. and you, and you over here, Cliff saying, yeah, Sam's got lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> and then there's a nice little callback, a reminder that Diane comes from money because Carla's like, why don't you ask your, why don't you ask your mom and everything like that? And that's, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they don't, they don't, a lot of the stuff that they reveal about characters in the first season doesn't come back. They just kind of forget about it, but they do every once in a while say, yeah, Diane has a rich mom. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I appreciate about cheers. Now that cheers sometimes, especially in the later years would have a tendency to retcon a few things, but mm-hmm. they don't do it as nearly as much as, you know, other sitcoms do, mm-hmm. you know, they, when they, when they tend to set something for a character, it usually stays all the way through. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's what I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and before Diane goes to the office, Woody does offer her the money in his pockets until he realizes that he, his pockets have been picked again. <laughs> and Cliff is just like, yeah, welcome to the big city. And Woody, completely missing the point, is just like, thank you, Mr. Clay. Yeah. <laughs> Woody doesn't say much, but what he does is like, yeah, that is so <laughs> I, I I wonder I as I as I watch these early episodes that Woody is on I'm I'm sort of wondering in the beginning they're really sort of writing him coach like yes and it wouldn't be you know the, I get I think they're just writing for coach and just giving the lines to Woody it would be um, a little ways through this season and into season five when he would really start finding his voice and everything but he I mean he delivers everything great but it it, it is more coach like in these early episodes you very much yeah I, I noticed like at, at least once an episode at least like he'll he'll have a line and i'm like i can hear coach saying that mm-hmm. i can i can hear coach giving that delivery or something like that that feels like that's the type and and really i mean that's what they were that's who they were casting they were, went for a younger actor an unknown to ch- kind of change up the dynamic but really they were filling in that slot that archetype of somebody who could fill that type of humorous voice mm-hmm. of the childlike innocence Absolutely. Absolutely. He would, he would sort of, uh, Woody would end up being a little bit more cynical than coach as time goes on. And I think that's where Woody Harrelson really found his niche, but he does do the sort of childlike innocence very well too. But I, I, I'm glad that he wasn't just coach light eventually and sort of found his own niche, but Mm -hmm. he he delivers the stuff. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once Diane enters the office, just like this whole scene, I love all of the banter and the back and forth, like credit the writing and you understand why they, they come back because it's like some rapid fire, great little moments when she says, is this a bad time? And he's like, no, but I think it's about to be. (laughs) And then she's like, Sam, would you say that our relationship has matured? And he's like, yeah, I think it's getting kind of old (laughs) now. And that's what's great. I mean, the the we we, we talked about it already, but the uh, the now you can play up the history between them, and mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the comedy comes from. And so uh, yeah. it's 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 funny because we we we've seen how screwed up the two of them are, and so the, there's a lot of humor in Diane going to Sam for money, and it it, it right. writes itself. So it's yeah. so it and and the two of them just play it beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, again, we, we've seen before that, you know, Sam didn't like giving out money. Well, he didn't like, uh, he, he was afraid of Norm doing his taxes because mm-hmm. he was so kind of concerned with the money that he had to make up Bell Day, the holiday, <laughs> with, right. in, order to, in order to hide from Norm the fact that he, he kept his old account. Right. 
Um, but yeah, just like at the end of it, when she says it was hard to come in here asking for money, given everything, like given our whole relationship and everything that we've gone through. And he goes, yeah, it almost feels like you should be giving me money. (laughs) (laughs) But, but you do have to give it to Sam. I mean, he does give her the money without even knowing Mm -hmm. what it's for. And Mm -hmm. it it shows you that there is, you know, a a friendship and an affection between the two of them that, you know, even though he's not willing to voice it, he will, he will go out on a limb for her still. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's really smart, smart writing and uh, really, really speaks to as much as they drive each other crazy. There is this sort of mature relationship relationship there that he's willing to do that yeah and then a few weeks later he hasn't been paid back yet and carla <laughs> is just driving the needle and everything you know making a big deal that oh diane's got a new shirt she's got she's wearing a cashmere sweater uh, um what is she yeah. she's eating like a lobster, Lob- lobster salad and, the, yeah. <laughs> and new shoes yeah the whole- same as like did you get that on when she's eating the salad he's like did you get that on sale she's like are you kidding in this season <laughs> The whole middle section of this episode, I think, belongs to Rhea Perlman because she she sets mm. up she sets up the whole third act of the movie because she's burrowing into Sam's brain, just you know reminding him you know of all the money and pointing out everything. <laughs> and Rhea and Rhea is so good. I mean, and 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 the delivery of that line, you know, this is the woman who's spilling lobster all over her cashmere. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, don't you want to know what he, what she used? And, and Sam is like, no, I don't care what she used the money for. And then finally, finally, something like turns, like turns him, and he's like, okay, what did she, what did she buy? And Carla goes, a book. And he's like, one book. She's like, yep, a book. And it's already been a movie. <laughs> And we, I mean, and we know that she's gone to get, um, you know, to this used bookstore and has gotten, you know, mm-hmm. assigned a, a Hemingway for five hundred dollars. And I was, I was wondering what, you know, and today, you know, that that was, you know, mid eighties. I'm wondering what assigned Hemingway would get today. Yeah, gosh, I don't know. It's got to be in the, you know, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, I mean, she's ultimately she was just going to sell it for double her double the yeah. price. I mean, she was going to sell it to the collector for just a, a grand, basically make her double her money back and pay mm-hmm. off Sam. So she was just talking about just a tiny little profit. Although part of it was that she's like, I don't even really like Hemingway. That was kind of her excuse. That I don't have any sentimental attachment to it. And what she said, even as a child, she found him pretentious and overmannered, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is great coming from Diane of all people. Uh, so when when like so after he freaks out and he starts smashing the girl scout because yeah a girl scout walks into the bar all alone they do that every once in a while like the the, the scouts or people like the the miners just kind of walk in unsupervised and i don't know maybe now that i'm a parent i actually notice that more it's like there should be some adult like watching supervising this child Especially going into the bar and walking into a bar yeah it's, <laughs> And of course, like Diane buys a couple of boxes and Sam just starts smashing them with his hands. So she's like, all right, you, you're, despite all your protestations, you don't give money away easily. She's mm-hmm. like, I'll give you the book as collateral. And he's like, it is a book. And when she hands it to him, he's like, the sun also rises. Well, that's really profound. profound. <laughs> there's some really great uh you know wonderful bits of dialogue it almost harkens some of the dialogue feels like it harkens back to season one um <laughs> and and some of this because we towards season three and toward the beginning of season four cheer starts to become a bit more sophomoric in its humor at times but it really uh, this episode really harkens back to really that cerebral humor of season one and two and yeah and it, especially it, as the distinction between them as it as yes. it plays off of the 
Sam and Diane. Yeah. And the, you know, kind of like the literary qualities of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, for $500, Margot Hemingway should come and act it out for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Good. So the, the scene ends with like him, he's going to put it, he's going to put the book in his safe. But just before he does that, he kind of flips it open and starts looking at it. We come back the next day, uh, the gang is doing their thing, and he comes in, and he's asking if Diane is there, and he takes out from hiding it in his jacket, the book, and it is just, it's completely ruined, it's trashed, it's all puffed up, and Woody goes, no wonder it's so expensive, it's inflatable. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great line, that's a great line. It it amazed me, the studio audience didn't laugh at that line as much as I thought they would, but it's a great, yeah, that's a one great snappy line so so sam is describing to woody and carla and, and norm he's like all right picture this i'm alone I'm, I'm getting ready for a soak in the tub and everything and i'm reading and and of course woody very literally is trying to picture it in his head and he stops me he's like, hang on hang on i can't get one of your socks off and <laughs> carla's like don't worry i can so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's great, and and I love the, I I, I love that because um, it's be- on paper it might not be believable, but the way Ted Danson plays it, it really is natural that you know he would just pick up the book, start reading it, and you know Sam Malone has more depth than he likes to let on, mm-hmm. so you buy that he really would fall in love with the sun also rises, and it's a wonderful plot twist that as the viewer might not see coming, but it really really helps turn this you know episode into something really really great. Yeah, really, yeah. Um, and yeah, the fact that he, I mean, he's, he's actually being truthful when he tells Dan that he fell in love with it. I mean, he, he was he really getting into it. Like he was going to, he was going to read that entire thing cover to cover. Yeah. I don't if know. If she, I don't know. If she buys that. And the, uh, cause I, the, the, the way that, uh, Shelly Long sort of plays that is a little flippant. I think, I think eventually she does, but right off the bat, she doesn't. Uh, so he tells that, that when he finds out how Jake Barnes, the character, was injured, he drops the he drops the book in the water, <laughs> and it just completely expands. And yeah, it, like I'm I'm tipping my hand because I'm already going to give away my my home run for this one is Sam's Sam's line when he's just looking at the book. He's like, "What am I going to do? Diane told me not to touch it. I touched it, and now it's fat." <laughs> just, like that, just that line and everything like that. Yeah, I love how he describes it. Yeah, fantastic. Great. Yeah, he has he has great line delivery in this and it really is a nice sort of uh play and you and you're right. It's unusual when uh, a lot of times when Sam and Diane get into these situations, he, you know, he, you know, lets out the bravado. He really tries to cover up what went on. He'll he'll try and lie or whatever. He he's great. He's upfront and honest about this and it's a really really nice twist on you know their usual office scenes or whatever because it really is sort of this sort of genuine guilt that he's sort of letting on and diane as usual is her own worst enemy here <laughs> yeah, of course of course yeah yeah because yeah this other guy bruce sayers uh one of our guest actors played by william lantow who i checked is was actually from st johnsbury vermont which is where hmm. i'm living currently so, oh wow! So small Vermont town. I don't I, know a lot of celebrities from there, but I, I know him best. He was the mayor on Newhart, the show, mm-hmm. the, the sitcom Bob Newhart did in the eighties. Yep, yep. He was also in uh, episodes of Trapper John, Chips, Wonder Woman, The Courtship of Eddie's Father. Did a lot of like stuff. He was in On Golden Pond. Oh yeah. Um, yep. Um, the other uh, that um, the the girl who played the Girl Scout, uh, Eve Glazier, has just two credits. Uh, this episode and one appearance on the magical world of Disney. Oh, wow. Um, so, 
So one of the things about this episode and the way it plays out at the end that I, I kind of just forgot and took for granted is Sam doesn't reveal the truth to Diane in this episode. Presumably mm. he will after, right. we, after we fade to black when he's like, like crushing her with a, with a hug. But in, in the episode, she doesn't see the book. She doesn't find out what happened. That's just is, right. is willing to take his $700 after she did, after she <laughs> deducts the 500 she owes him. Uh, so you know yeah and and like i said diane you know in in her mind this is making things up making things right with him but she she's not reading the room here (laughs) this is this is a genuine this is unusual moment when sam is you know bearing himself to her emotionally and you know and then she unusual for diane she lets money sort of get in the way Mm-hmm. but but yeah she just uh, she just can't see you know what's what's past her nose sometimes and and perhaps it's that combination of seeing sam genuinely feeling appreciative of something she cares deeply about like this art and mm-hmm. literature and, and culture that he she could never get him to fall in love with when they were dating now he seems genuine about it and willing to put money on the line for it and and fight for it to a degree that in combination with the fact that she is going to get a little bit of money from it and everything like that. Maybe all of those things sort of coalesce and swirl in her mind. And it's a huge turn on for her and it, it, it gets her, her motor revving. So she like throws herself at Sam and starts kissing him. And she's really, really, you know, I mean, she's ready to take him back and go to bed with him and, yeah. and who knows what else. But <laughs> she, once she says she's expecting the money back, and he's just like <laughs> wrapping his arms around her and cuts to black because she's like, you're hurting me. I can't breathe. <laughs> so, kind of a dark moment at the end, but yeah. Yeah, it's a great ending. I mean, because that, uh, you know, her being turned on and and her sort of, you know, willing to, you know, go, you know, go back to Sam all of a sudden, it happens really fast. But like I said, on on paper, if you read some of the stuff, it might not work, but they make it really believable because the emotions are running so high in that scene. And and you just sort of feel it. They just fall naturally into it. And that's why Ted Danson and Shelley Long are so brilliant. But um, the, the, this the, it really, really plays out and really is natural here and i just i i think it's this is one of my favorite of their office scenes and there's a lot of them mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's really good so um okay she, she, i like that like as she starts kissing him and like flirting with him he's like, he says he's thinking of getting a lot of books and a lot of maybe books. maybe even a library, a library card, card. That's, that's a big turn on for her <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you and you and you have to wonder if Sam Malone ever had a library. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, I, I forgot the line when um, Mr. Sayers when he first talks to her and asks her about the book when they're in the bar still and and he's like, "Is it autographed?" And, she, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's got his signature." And there's a neat little inscription, "Dear F. Scott, boy, that Zelda is one crazy chick." <laughs> and he's like, completely doesn't get it. And she's like, "I'm, I'm joking." That's how he didn't. <laughs> Oh yeah! Once again, Diane getting in her own way, right? But I'm sure she's probably thinking, "Oh yeah, this guy cares about it. He's like, he's probably like smart, like Sumner was. He'll he'll get it. He'll he'll laugh at this." And it's like, nope. This is this is the kind of you know you know art collector and 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 book collector that the rest of the bar assumes (laughs) that that they are just very stuck up and and has no sense of humor or no you know social grace, but. He's he's probably just one of those you know antique roadshow collectors just for out for the mm. thrill of the chase. <laughs> <laughs> this was a very good 
the the interplay between Sam and Diane was really good. It was really comforting and familiar. I think, like you said, it reminded me of a first season episode. The the kind of connection and and well, basically the plot and the way a lot of the plot is revolving around, but with the added infusion of their past history and their their rapport with each other kind of gave it a little boost. So yeah, yeah. It, this was a fun. Yeah, and and this episode really is it also kind of makes me think of season one because by now uh, the the other characters in the bar have all started to become a little bit more integrated and we're now mm. sort of at a more ensemble comedy. But really I mean it's 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 really a Sam and Diane piece and you've got the others coming on just, you know, with little, you know, satellite scenes here and there you know even right. e- even the subplot involving you know cliff trying to break world rec- records and everything that doesn't really you know go anywhere throughout the whole episode it's a couple of really quick scenes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh all right for norm's tab uh he had four beers this episode almost five sam was in the middle of pouring one but <laughs> instead he had to give him what he'd call the heartburn cocktail because <laughs> It looked like just like Alka-Seltzer in water or something like that, because the Norm went back to the Hungry Heifer again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the Hungry Heifer did play into this. Um, yeah. I love, oh, what did Norm say? Oh, uh, Woody needs to come next Thursday for their tribute to swine. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then, um, oh, where uh, they sell they sell steak by the pound, and Carla says that's where they get it. So that brings Norm's tab up to three hundred and eleven for the series so, so far. Wow. Uh, who is your employee of the week? Who did you think gave the best performance or, or stand out? You you could go either way with Sam or Diane, but I'm going to give it to Sam here because I think that he has. He has the best arc. You know, he goes from, you know, lending the money, being annoyed about giving the money, falling in love with the book, feeling the guilt and going back to rage at the end. And Ted Danson plays it all perfectly. So I, I'm going to give it to Sam here. That's a good one. I think I'll probably split the difference with you because I, I thought about both of them, but I end up yeah. giving it to Diane for the reasons that we were talking about with her obliviousness to what was going on in the second half but True. feeling feeling so confident about it and just kind of like just like she just walked right into the situation with no idea what was going on and how like just like when she's just sitting at the back of the bar just eating her her lobster salad and everything like that just i thought this is a good one for her oh yeah yeah you you could go either way yeah uh, home run, I already mentioned it, but it's just Sam's line, just the phrasing, the the verbiage of this sentence. Diane told me not to touch it. I touched it, and now it's fat. <laughs> I can't get enough of that line. <laughs> that is good. Yeah, that is a great one. Mine, uh, mine would be... Uh... There's a couple good ones, but I have to... I, Carla's You're an Ass Jack is just... <laughs> That's the, the, the that's fantastic, and then Woody, you know, I, I I wait, I can't get one sock on you. That's <laughs> that's my other favorite. <laughs> Those are all good. good. All right, well, Brandon, thank you for coming back on the show and talking about this episode. It's always great. Um, where else can people find yeah. you if they want to hear more from you in the podcastosphere? Sure, yeah, thanks for having me. But you can um, you can find um, I'm part of the Front Row Network, um, which you can uh, find the Front Row Network on any place where uh, podcasts are found. I have my own show, um, Front Row Classics, which um, deals with movies from the silent era all the way through the 70s. Um, we release a couple of episodes a month with my uh, co-host Eric Flick, um, and you can find us on uh, Facebook at Front Row Classics Podcast. 
podcast on Twitter at uh, FRN Classics or um, on Instagram at uh, Classics FRN Pod. Um, we post episodes there a couple times a month, um, and we uh, we recently um, coming up um, this summer we're going to be doing a lot of fun different different stuff we're going to be talking about um smoking and the bandit the day the earth stood still streetcar named desire gentlemen prefer blondes a lot of really really great fun movies to watch in the summer very cool very cool sounds great all right folks thanks to all of you out there who listen to cheers cast and support the show by liking and sharing on facebook favoriting and retweeting on twitter and leaving a comment on the website fireandwaterpodcast.com you can also support the fire and water podcast network on patreon special thanks to rick from jeff and rick presents and monday movie muckabout who sponsors this show for more information on how you can support your favorite show on the fire and water network visit patreon.com slash fw podcasts thanks everyone for listening and until next time we're closed diane's gonna be really angry at me she told me not to touch it i touched it and now it's fat (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.